What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Hopefully, all you guys, wherever you may be, are doing good out there, man. Hopefully, all you guys continue to stay safe, man. The coronavirus is alive and well, and it is claiming lives, and it has affected some of my loved ones, so please take it as serious as can be, man. If you gotta go outside, please wear a mask. Please look up different ways to strengthen and protect your immune system, whether that be washing your hands, working out, drinking water, getting enough hours of sleep. Do what you have to do to avoid getting to the coronavirus because it is a real deal thing. And hopefully we can get through this pandemic sooner rather than later. But hopefully all you guys have had a nice, good, and enjoyable week. I know where I'm at in LA, it's very, very hot, but it still feels really, really good. Every single day is a blessing. Every single day is a day to get better, strive towards your goals, your dreams, whatever you're chasing. Got to do it every single day. Put in your 10,000 hours and you can accomplish and achieve whatever you want. And as always, black lives will always matter. We still need justice for Breonna Taylor. We still need justice for Elijah McClain. And we still need justice for anybody that's been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings. But again, hopefully all you guys are doing good out there. But let's get right into it. So as of right now, I believe every single NBA team is either already down in Orlando in the bubble or they're actually headed there today. So pretty much every team will be in Orlando by this time tomorrow. And so I was thinking, which teams are the most dangerous teams in each conference, the West and the East? Because let's be honest, it's kind of a weird, unprecedented circumstance and anything could really happen in this bubble. Like, yes, you know, the Lakers are probably still the best team in the league. Yes, the Bucks are still elite. The, the Clippers are still elite. But it is, and I would not be surprised to see a upset happen just like college basketball has every single season in the NCAA tournament I would not be surprised to see that this year in the NBA's bubble format so let's get right into it so the most dangerous team who I believe is in the Western Conference is the Oklahoma City Thunder now look I know a lot of people love the Houston Rockets I love them too they got two of the two all-time great players in Russell Westbrook and James Harden but I picked the Oklahoma City Thunder because they really, really overachieved this year because they were not supposed to do what they did this year. Losing Russell Westbrook, who was a foundation of this franchise, moving to Oklahoma City, um, losing Paul George, or trading Paul George, shall I say. Sam Presti was not supposed to have this team good enough to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. The Western Conference is clearly the better conference of the two in the NBA, and the Thunder were, had no business making the playoffs. But... They acquired CP3. They got Shea Gildas-Alexander involved in the Paul George trade. They got Dennis Schroeder, or, or they've been had Dennis Schroeder, but they still have Steven Adams. They had and made some really, really good quality moves. And so, before the season, excuse me, before the season was abruptly paused, the Thunder were 40 and 24, which is a really good record, especially in the Western Conference. And if if the season had ended today. They would be a fifth seed in the West playing against the Utah Jazz. And to be honest with you guys, I truly believe that they could beat the Utah Jazz. Like, the Utah Jazz are good. Do not get it twisted. I'm a big fan of Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley's still good. Of course, Rudy Gobert is one of the best defensive players in the league. But at the same time, this Oklahoma City Thunder team is really, really good. First of all, you got CP3, who is one of the best point guards of all time, a.k.a. a point god. To me, he's the top three point guard of all time after Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas, and he's still doing it at a high level. He has not fallen off a cliff yet. He has not, you know, gone off his prime cliff yet. He's still going strong, and he still showed that to this day and to this season. Then you get Shea Gildas-Alexander, who had a really, really good 
rookie season last year as a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. And I know the Clippers organization did not want to trade him because he was really, really good, especially in the playoffs against the Warriors. And of course, they had to trade him because they had to get Paul George, which is not a bad trade at all for either side. And he's been playing really, really well too. And Shea Gilders Alexander is such an interesting player and he's going to be a star for years to come, but he's not like an athletic freak. He's just a smooth criminal that gets the job done he's so creative his bag is so deep he gets to all the spots that he wants to he knows how to toy with defenses and learning from a point guard like Chris Paul is only going to make him that much better Shea Gilders Alexander is in the perfect situation and I expect him to have a really really good playoff run and a really good performance in Orlando because he did have a really good playoff performance last year when the Clippers played um, the Golden State Warriors who of course were the defending champs and you know doing what they did but I do expect Shea Gilders Alexander to have a big time footprint on all the success that Oklahoma City will have in Orlando. And then, of course, you got Dennis Schroeder, which I really love because Billy Donovan has gotten a lot of hate in his years since he's went from Florida to the NBA because a lot of people have this rhetoric that, you know, college coaches can't survive in the National Basketball Association, which I think is kind of just it's it i mean it's a a solid narrative but it's not necessarily true like brad stevens is obviously an exception billy donovan i'm glad that the thunder gave him time because he's finally learning how to win on the national basketball association's level he's finally learning how to win at the nba level the highest level of basketball and that's a good thing and i think he's the right coach for the job and with this roster that he's had he's done a really good job and the biggest thing with the success of this oklahoma city team is that they run a three-guard lineup, three-point guards with CP3, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea Gildas-Alexander. Always, They don't always play together, but for the most part, they always get playing time together, and they really have a lot of good synergy. They play well together in that three-point guard lineup, and it's just a rare combination. I got to give Billy Donovan credit for that because he exploited that, and he used it to Oklahoma City's advantage, and so that's a really good piece too. Dennis Schroeder is a really good player because he's not necessarily a scorer, but he is a playmaker, and he's a really, really good defensive ball hawk that knows knows what to do and he's just an all-around good player and then I think the key for this Oklahoma City team the most important player is Steven Adams now Steven Adams is such a rare player because he's been in Oklahoma City his entire career and he's gotten better each and every single year the only thing that's missing out of his game right now is just being able to hit the outside shot at a consistent and high clip that's the only thing but since th- since he's been in the league He's gotten better each and every single year. He's added something to his game each and every single year. And I think this year, he's really, really turned to a much better passer. Like, he's always been a good finisher. He's always been good at setting screens and rolling to the cup. He's always had a nice little floater game in the lane. He's he's just a really good polished big man. But for him to be a really good passer, and he's not necessarily as good of a passer as Nikola Jokic, who is one of the best passers in the league, but he's still a really, really extremely gifted passer. And Steven Adams, man, plays both sides of the ball really, really well. He's always playing at 100%. You never got to question his, his motor and his energy and his availability. He rarely gets hurt. Steven Adams is going to be the most important player. If Oklahoma City wants to do anything down in Orlando in this bubble environment, Steven Adams is going to have a big-time footprint on their success. And that's why I believe he's going to be a big-time player too. You also have Danilo Gallinari, who the Thunder were actually looking to trade before the trade deadline, but ended up keeping him. I think that's going to work in their favor because Danilo Gallinari has always been a really good player way back when he was playing with the Denver Nuggets. He just was never really in the right situation. But even last year when he was with the Clippers because he was also involved in the Paul George trade, he played good in that player performance too. Like he's still a really, really good shooter. He's about six eight, six nine. Can stretch the floor. Can guard multiple positions. He is still good. He still plays at a high level, and he's gonna give 
OKC a lot of good minutes. And then you have Nerlens Noel. Now, Nerlens Noel is interesting because he's had a really, really interesting career. And I actually remember Nerlens Noel back when he was in high school, coming out of, I believe, the state of Massachusetts. I think he was the number one player. I want to say that was the class of 2013. He commits to Kentucky. He had the UK, you know, a haircut in the back of his head. He goes, has a pretty solid year at Kentucky under coach John Calipari. And, you know, I believe he got drafted by the 76ers. And then he's been, I mean, I, I want to say he's bounced around the league a little bit, but I do like the fit with him in Oklahoma City because he gives them a really, really good defensive presence on the block. And I really like that a lot from Nernest Noel. He has a really, really good game defensively. And I think offensively, you know, he's just a really good when it comes to setting screens, when it comes to catching lobs, when it comes to just the little things that you need your big man to do, Nernest Noel can get the job done. And that's why I really, really am a fan of this Oklahoma City Thunder team too. And I didn't even talk about their young core that they have that's going to be set up nice for the future because you still have Terrence Ferguson. You have Lou Dortz, who they actually just signed to a a multi-year contract a couple months ago. You have Hami Diallo out of Kentucky as well. And you got Darius Baisley, who's a really good up-and-coming prospect too. And I would not be surprised if any one of those four players that I just mentioned happen to have a good rest of the season because all those players are good. Terrence Ferguson, knockdown three-point shooter. Like you have a really, really good quality team. And I really think it's a high percentage of a chance that the Oklahoma City Thunder will see the second round of the playoffs. And even if they lose or when they lose, it's going to be a hard team to knock out of the playoffs. Even if you sweep them or if it's a gentleman's sweep, five games, it's going to be hard to knock off this Oklahoma City Thunder team because they not not only are they a really good offensive team with a lot of offensive talent, but defensively, they are a really, really good, sound defensive unit, man. I really like this team that Billy Donovan has. They should make a lot of noise headed down to Orlando once this NBA season restarts. And that's why I think they are the most dangerous team in the Western Conference. So moving on to the Eastern Conference. The most dangerous team, in my humble opinion, is not only but my my only favorite team my favorite team the Miami the Miami Heat excuse me I don't know what's going on with me right now but the Miami Heat why you may be asking because the Miami Heat another team that really outperformed where a lot of people thought they would be this season um Pat Riley Eric Spolstra Andy Ellisberg the general manager of the Miami Heat the entire front office of the Miami Heat has done a phenomenal job of not only adding talent to this team, but keeping talent and growing their own talent and drafting their talent. From drafting Tyler Hero to getting Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson out of the G League to trading, I mean, excuse me, to acquiring Andre Iguodala, or yeah, trading for Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder. You have a really good team. And especially with Myers Leonard coming back off an injury and you can bring off Derrick Jones Jr. off the bench, this Miami Heat team is going to be really, really good. So before the season actually was stopped and paused, the Miami Heat were 41 and 24. They were in they were currently in the fourth seed. And if the season ended today, they would play the Indiana Pacers. And honestly, they probably win that series in about five games just because they don't have Victor Ladipo. They won't have Jeremy Lamb. Their best player will be Malcolm Brogdon, who is really good too. Or yeah, you know what? They'll still have Demontis Sabonis, who's elite. Of course, he had an all-star appearance this year. They still got Miles Turner. Of course, Nate McMillan, who I believe is the most underrated head coach in the in the entire league. But This team is still legit, though. This Miami Heat team is not a joke whatsoever. From Jimmy Butler, who I think is, I think, easily one of the best small forwards in the league. He's one of the clutchest players in the league, no doubt about that. Then you got Bam Adebayo, who I think is probably the most important player on this team because Bam, kind of like Steven Adams, but is better. And, I mean, much better. And his ceiling is much, much higher. This dude, Bam Adebayo, has gotten better 
ever since he stepped foot into the National Basketball Association. Ever since he joined this Heat organization, I believe in 2017, he has only gotten better. And this year, he really, really took it up a notch. It would be a shame if he did not win most improved player because this dude, man, right here, he has the mid-range jumper. He has the floater. He's a freak athletic finisher. He dunks on anything. He can catch any lob. And the thing that I love about his game the most, just like Steven Adams, he is an elite passer. I mean an elite passer. For him to be a legit 6'10", 6'11", power forward that can pass the ball the way that he can, that, sh that tells you a lot about not only Bam Adebayo and his willingness to get better, but the entire Heat organization for being able to develop their talent and not being able to have to trade all the time to get other pieces to come in and be better. And so that's why I really, really like about this team. Bam Adebayo is a special player. Kendrick Nunn, out of nowhere, just came out of nowhere and just dominated the league. He's been really good. He's been red hot. Even though he has zero playoff experience, I still expect Kendrick Nunn to be a very, very good player in the playoffs. I'm not saying he's going to have a playoff performance like, you know, Donovan Mitchell's first playoff performance or Jason Tatum's first playoff performance, but I do think Kendrick Nunn will be a really, really good player in the playoffs. Then you got the shooters, the miniature Splash Brothers, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Tyler Hero, a lottery pick this year, I believe, was drafted 13th overall. On this past season, Duncan Robinson out of the G League was at a D3 school, went to the University of Michigan, competed in the G League, worked his way up to get on the Miami Heat roster. One of the best shooters in the league, arguably the best three-point shooter in the league. Even though Steph Curry's been hurt, Klay Thompson's been hurt, Duncan Robinson has been a flame thrower. And for them to have these two dudes, honestly, at first, it was kind of concerning. When I was looking at the playoff picture, I was very concerned because as good as shooters as they are, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson aren't necessarily good defenders. Like, they're solid defenders. Tyler Hero is definitely a better defender than Duncan Robinson. And that was my thing, too, because in the Eastern Conference, you got to look at it like this. On the perimeter, you're going to have to deal with Jason Tatum. You're going to have to deal with Jalen Brown. You're going to have to deal with Gordon Hayward. And that's only on the Boston Celtics. Then you got Tobias Harris. Then you got Pascal Siakam. You got Fred Van Fleet. You got a whole bunch of really good perimeter players in the Eastern Conference, like Bradley Beal. You got some players. And so I didn't necessarily, I was really concerned with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson's defensive capabilities. But then, out of nowhere, before the free agency deadline, Andy Ellisberg, Pat Riley, Eric Spolcher were able to acquire Andre Guadalla and Jay Crowder in the trade to the Memphis Grizzlies that involved Justice Winslow. And I really, really was a big fan of this trade. And that's why I think the Heat, this is the main reason I think the Heat are the main and the most dangerous team in the Eastern Conference because Andre Iguodala, even though he's not prime Andre Iguodala, who was a member of the 76ers, he still plays at a high level, especially defensively. I feel like people forget last year, I think that was what, game three or game four, the Warriors were playing against the Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard had the ball. He was trying to hit the game-winning shot. Andre Iguodala absolutely locked down Damian Lillard. It is not too many defenders in the National Basketball Association that can lock down Damian Lillard in the clutch. And we all know what Dame Dollar does in the clutch. And Iguodala locked him down. Even though it was just one possession, it was still a big-time possession. If Iguodala can do that, if he can just contain the Jalen Browns, the Jason Tatums, the Gordon Haywards, the Pascal Siakams, that's going to help and bring a lot of weight off of Jimmy Butler's shoulders who have to focus on more offensive too. And Jay Crowder too. Jay Crowder is a good defensive player too. And he's probably a better shooter than Iguodala. And that's why I really, really enjoyed those acquisitions. Because again, I was super, super nervous about what Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson could do defensively because those guys just don't necessarily have it yet. And they don't have the experience yet to guard a Jason Tatum, to guard a Gordon Hayward. But 
You get a player like Jay Crowder, you get a player like Iguodala, who is a finals MVP, who has, you know, big time game experience. That puts the heat over the top for me, too. And then you got Derrick Jones Jr., who I think is one of the better players or one of the more improved players in this league, too, because Derrick Jones Jr. was strictly just a dunker for majority of his career up until this point. But this year, he's turned into a better defensive player. He's turned into a more versatile defender. He knocks down threes at a high clip. He has been a really, really good piece for this Miami Heat team. And he actually started a lot of games due to the injury of Myers Leonard. And that brings me into my next point is Myers Leonard is finally healthy. And thank you, God, for Myers Leonard being healthy. Because when he was healthy, the Heat looked like a much, much better team. Getting him in the deal with Hassan Whiteside to send Hassan to the Trailblazers and Myers Leonard to Miami was also a really, really good move. Because one, Hassan Whiteside simply just did not like Miami. And two, Myers Leonard is a really, really underrated big man. He's young still, and he's good. He can shoot the three ball. He's good defensively. He has really good synergy, and he has really good chemistry playing alongside Bam Adebayo on the post and in the block. I like Myers Leonard, man. He is a really, really good player. And I think he was dealing with an ankle injury, and he missed, like, I think a few months worth of, worth of games. But having him fully healthy and back is going to bring so much versatility to this Miami Heat team, man. And I definitely expect them to make a run in Orlando. As of right now, I ain't going to lie. I'm still, like, 50-50 if I have them coming out the East or not because I truly believe that the Boston Celtics are the best team. But I do think after that, the Miami Heat are the second-best team. I'm not that big of a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. As much as I love Giannis, I just don't trust the surrounding core that Giannis has. The Raptors are still good, and I, I know they're going to defend their title as hard as can be, but I think the thing with them is you lost Kawhi Leonard. And not only did you lose Kawhi Leonard, who's a top-three player in the NBA, you also lost Danny Green, who played really good minutes for you guys, too. And now you're going to have to ask more of Fred Van Fleet. Now you're going to have to ask more of Kyle Lowry on the offensive end. You still got Troy Daniels, who could play really good. OG Ananobi's going to have to step up. Terrence Davis is going to have to step up. So we'll see with that. But I do think the Eastern Conference is going to come down to the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. And that's just my humble opinion. But moving on to more NBA news. Finally. The OG, I think probably the only NBA player to exist that literally every single NBA fan loves. Jamal Crawford is officially back in the NBA. He officially signed, I believe, yesterday with the Brooklyn Nets, or at least the news was broke yesterday. He will now be joining the Brooklyn Nets in Orlando, and I love this move. I'm going to tell you guys why. Well, first and foremost, the Nets are going to be so shorthanded going into this bubble they're not going to have seven of their players. And that already includes, of course, KD been out for the season. Kyrie had shoulder surgery, I believe, in March. So you're already without your two best players. I believe DeAndre Jordan has coronavirus, and he decided he will not play in Orlando at all. Spencer Dinwiddie, alike, has coronavirus. He will not go. Doctors told him not to even try it. Tony Prince, I believe, is in the same category. Wilson Chandler, I don't know if he got coronavirus. I just think he's sitting out for social injustices and stuff like that. And then Nick Claxton. I actually did not figure out Nick Claxton's actual reasons, but Nick Claxton, he's going to be a good future for he's going to be a good future piece for the Brooklyn Nets. He's out of Georgia, played under coach Tom Crean. He should be a good piece too, but he's not going to be there either. So really, the only players that you're really going to have that have been there are Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, um I'm trying to think uh Jared Allen are going to be your main pieces. So Jamal Crawford is going to have a legitimate shot to come in ASAP and be the number one option scoring-wise for this Brooklyn Nets team. And that's why I really, really like this deal between these two um, and Jamal Crawford and the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to have a really, really interesting role. And it's funny, too, because the Nets are going into Orlando with the interim head coach. And 
it's going to be interesting. But I do think Jamal Crawford will be able to end up being that number one scoring option. And as of right now, the Brooklyn Nets are in the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. And I believe if the season ended today, they would end up playing the Toronto Raptors, which would be an interesting series. I do think the Raptors would probably win in four or five games. But, you know, you never know, man. I'm just saying, this is an entirely different atmosphere. The Brooklyn Nets are very, very shorthanded, but I do like the pickup of Jamal Crawford. Like, this dude is the same dude that dropped 50 points, 51 points to be exact, in his last game of last season. He was a member of the Phoenix Suns, and he dropped 51 in Dallas against the Dallas Mavericks. That's how he went out. And in that same game, he also became the first player in NBA history. In NBA history, the first player in NBA history to score 50 points with four different organizations. He did it with the Chicago Bulls. He scored 50 points. A member As a member of the New York Knicks, he scored 50 points. As a member of the Warriors, he scored 50 points. And of course, last year, as a member of the Phoenix Suns, he scored 50 points. And he's also the oldest player since Michael Jordan. He's now officially the oldest player to score 50-plus points in NBA history, man. Jamal Crawford is a legend. The way he plays, he's going to be one of those dudes that can play until he's 50 years old, probably even longer than that, because his game doesn't require athleticism. His game, it's it's just pure skill. His handle, he keeps the ball on a string. He can pull off any shot. The ability to create off the dribble is just second to none because his handle is literally one of the best handles we've seen in NBA history. Jamal Crawford is a legend, man. He needs a 30 for 30. Coming out of Seattle, he's definitely a Seattle legend. He's definitely an NBA legend. Of course, going to the University of Michigan. And this is going to be a really, really good um, move for the Brooklyn Nets. And hopefully, as long as he wants to continue to keep playing, hopefully, you know, when the season's over, another NBA team will sign him for the beginning of next season, man. They also did just sign Michael Beasley, too, so we'll see what B-Easy can do as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. I do like this acquisition as well because the Nets just need something. And honestly, getting two veteran guys like this to help them out in Orlando should definitely help their case out a lot, man. But as always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports, man. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Please go check us out, feature alongside a whole bunch of other great writer slash blogger slash journalist we are at nuts and bolts sp on both twitter and instagram please go follow us for all your sports news and needs man please go show some love we are also on youtube i believe it is at nuts and bolts sports please go subscribe to us we're posting content daily please please go check us out i'm also featured on nuts and bolts sports podcast network alongside a host of other really really great podcast hosters and content creators man please go check us out again we are at nuts and bolts sports or excuse me we're at nuts and bolts sp we are nuts and bolts sports please go show us love i know sports are coming back and returning this month of july so please please go check us out for all your sports news man but as always this has been another episode of the kevo bands hoops podcast man please like comment subscribe rate review and share and if you listen to my podcast on apple podcast please leave a rate and review that is how we share grow and expand the podcast you guys have a beautiful and lovely rest of your week please stay safe please enjoy each and every single day man because again each and every single day is indeed a blessing and is a gift of life man do not let that go over your heads man but as always you guys have a good one peace love and blessings gone